comes from Romans 6. And we'll actually begin in verse 1 and go through verse 4. Um, If you want to turn in your Bible, you're welcome to do so. There are pew Bibles in front of you. There are not enough pew Bibles for all of you. Um, I believe we have it up on the We'll have it up on the screen as well, possibly, even though I just changed the scripture on them. So. Romans chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, it's written, what, sh- what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. If you would join me in prayer. O holy God, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So this isn't uh, our traditional Easter Easter text, Easter scripture. If If you've gone to enough Easter services, this is probably not in the top 10 of scriptures you've heard on an Easter Sunday morning. You've heard about the tomb being rolled away. You've heard of the walk to Emmaus that soon followed afterwards, or even Jesus' appearance with the disciples, maybe one of those times, or how the women found it empty. And they heard the angel say, Why do you look among the living? Why do you look among the dead for the living? Are we out of batteries on everything here? I'm okay. All right, sorry. So why are you looking among the dead for the living? We've heard all of these different scriptures. But we gather on this morning and we hear that Jesus is risen, but there has to be this burning question, so what? So what that Jesus and his tomb was empty? So what that 500 witnesses saw him? What does that have to do with me here in the beaches, here in 2023? Why should that matter or even amount to a hill of beans in my life? Why is it that we're willing to wake up so early to come be here and worship? Because when we gather here and we're worshiping, it's not only because of his death and resurrection, it is through that alone that we are saved. And as believers, when we have our faith in Christ, we are called to be baptized like him in his likeness, as the example he showed us to go and be baptized in the waters. And and baptism, the, the immersion into the water is a, is a first fruit of faith. And, and what I mean by that is, is when you come to faith in Christ, and, and we read about it in, in Acts on the day of Pentecost, when Peter goes out and preaches, he's one of the apostles of Jesus, he goes out there and preaches on the streets, and people come and say, I, I believe in Jesus, I believe in this Messiah, and they say, what must we do now? And they go and get baptized by the thousands. 
Cool. That's, that's, a, that's a neat thing to do. So now we have faith in Jesus and this cool ceremony of baptism that we're to enter into, but we still don't understand what does that mean for my life. It's in baptism that it signifies the washing of sin and gives us, this is the important part, a seal for our union with Christ. This is where Paul comes in. Paul here is the one writing this letter to the Romans. Paul is a, is a former Jew who went out killing Christians in the, in the early days, and, and now he's turned to have faith in Christ himself and becomes one of the greatest evangelists the world has ever known. And here he's writing this letter to Christians in Rome. And so he's writing to them, And he's asked, do you know those of you who have been baptized? Do you know that your baptism was a baptism into Jesus's death? It wasn't just a baptism into the waters that you were closest to, but it was a baptism into his death. And and Paul wants us to understand that this is significant. This is the so what of faith. For us to understand and celebrate Easter, to be willing to wake up so early and celebrate a resurrection, we celebrate because we have been united in Christ, in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. For you see, Paul goes through and tells us that that baptism as a burial with Christ signifies that the acceptance of his death and burial of Jesus being for us. See, just earlier before he says, uh, so should we go on sinning so that grace may abound? Before that, he writes that while we were yet sinners, not when we got our life together, not when we got to God and said, okay, I've got it all figured out. I'm good enough for you now. In the midst of our sin, in the midst of rebelling against God and his holiness, God in his infinite love and mercy sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. And our baptism signifies the humility and the humbleness of faith that says, he died for me too. So when we're baptized we, and, and we're buried with Christ in his death and his burial, we're saying his death was for us. That when we're immersed in the water, we are proclaiming to ourselves, to God, and to the world, I need a Savior. I need a savior, and it is in fact Jesus and no one else. No one else can save me. I can't even save myself. I have tried, and by golly, I'll continue trying because that's part of my flesh and fallen nature. But the truth is, I will never be good enough to save myself. Only Jesus has done that for me. For what other hope do we have? For if our hope isn't in Jesus, the scripture is quite quite clear that we then shall bear all of our own guilt and carry our own sorrow and stand all on our own before a holy 
and just God. But it's by being buried with Christ in baptism that we set our seal on the fact that the death of Christ was on our behalf. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we consent to a watery grave, dying to ourself, so that we may emerge from the waters to live for Christ. This is foundational for our faith, that Christ died and was buried for us. In other words, that that Jesus is our substitute. That what happened to him on the cross is what we deserve before a holy and just God. But Jesus did it in our place. It, it's as th- there's a preacher named Alistair Begg up in, in Ohio, and, and, and he talks about this thief on the cross. And he's, and he's trying to explain to the church, you know, when, when we go and stand before the angels and they ask us, the Fort Lauderdale question, on what grounds are you to enter in here? How do you know that you're saved? He goes on to say, it's not because I, it's because he, and he uses a thief on the cross. For when the thief on the cross was told by Jesus, today you shall be in paradise. And he goes to heaven as he jokingly says in his sermon, And the angel asks him, why are you here? And he says, I don't know. It's because the man on the middle cross said I could come. It's because of what Jesus and only Jesus accomplished on our behalf. Now Paul is writing to us. And telling us we are buried with him in baptism into his death. For what purpose? So that we might be dead forever? No. But that now, getting to where Christ is, you may go where Christ goes. That we are here because three days after he died on that cross, He arose. He arose. And if you are one with Christ, and if you are one in all of it, death, burial, then there is also resurrection. It is Jesus who tells his disciples, because I live, you shall live also. So Paul writes here, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead for the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. And so we're willing to wake up extra early this day, even willing to brave the elements, wondering if we're sitting outside or inside, because in Christ and Christ alone, we are given a newness of life. 
we are resurrected, a life not for ourselves, a life not for our own glory, not a life so we can go on and say, okay, now I can prove it the rest of my life to get in, but a life lived for his glory. This means that for the Christian, that we are dead to ourselves, to our sinful desires. We're dead to the guidance sin has in our life. And it's in this baptism that not only represents that death and that burial, but represents that resurrection as well. For you see, resurrection was a special work upon the body of Jesus. There were more than 500 eyewitnesses that saw him at once which dismiss all claims of hallucinations of seeing Jesus laid around. There was no body ever produced of Jesus. So based on eyewitness testimony, every one of the apostles were willing to die for the truth that Jesus is alive. And so it is also that we, in Christ, are made entirely new, entirely new, dead to our old ways, our old sinful desires, and made new to live for him, to be sanctified as we move throughout this life. You see, it's, this Christian life is to be different than the life we once lived. It's not to be the same. It's not to be, oh, I, I believe in Jesus and I, I remember the day I, I went and got wet. And then other than that demarcation, the rest of our life continues to look the same. It's supposed to look different. It's supposed to be dying to ourself. It's supposed to be living for Christ. But if we're all honest in this room, that's a huge struggle for each of us. It's a day in, day out, moment by moment struggle for us. We love Jesus dearly, so dearly we're able to wake up at, at ungodly hours to worship him. But at the same time, we're so forgetful and worried about ourselves, sometimes in the hardest and even the best moments, we forget all about them. It's a struggle in our lives. Because that new life in Christ, while it has been born, it fights against our flesh nature, our sinful self. And there's a battle going on, and we do the things we don't want to do, and don't do the things we want to do that Paul tells us. And so we look back years later and say, has my life really changed that much since that day? Well, it's hard to tell moment by moment. But as we look at it over time, there's a great arc of change. For a baby who's not born and knowing how to drive a sports car, or write a term paper, 
or make a business presentation at work or how to fully take the benefits of their retirement account. It takes time to grow up and to mature. So it's on us to not only remember Jesus is the one we are living for, but also to remember that the God who saved us is patient with us. That in his loving kindness, we grow and we mature day by day. And so we gather on this glorious day in which we celebrate the risen Christ, a day in which we have all begun remembering our own baptisms. And it can also be a joyous day of repentance. To repent of living that old life, of continuing to fall into sin and worldly desires, to confess that we aren't as mindful and attentive to God as he calls us to be to turn our eyes upon Jesus. For it's not us that accomplished our salvation. It's him. Not just to get to heaven, but to be united with him and to enjoy our Father forever. And the whole church said, Amen. We're going to stand and sing this morning. As we stand and sing, the band comes up here. Um, I know the weather is not the best. I've mentioned it several times. But after service, we if you are wanting to take that next step in faith and, and go get baptized today and, and be buried with Christ and be resurrected out of the waters, to have that seal of being united with Christ uh, join me. We're going to go to the ocean. It's going to be cold. It's going to be wet. It's going to be rainy. But even in the midst of a storm, God makes you new. Let us stand and sing.